0: Hi there, and welcome to Morn the Workers, a podcast by the Scottish Trades Union Congress. I'm Ewan McLaren.
1: And I'm Karina Liptrot, and in this episode, we're chatting to organisers and activists in the hospitality sector who have recently had a high-profile case in the media regarding McMerry, a pub group who runs 13 pubs in Scotland, including the Draffins in Dundee and the Luchador in Glasgow. Owners Phil Donaldson and AJ McMenemy also run the Abandoned Ship Bars in Glasgow and Dundee, with Richard Davies. With help from Unite Hospitality and Better Than Zero, more than 60 complaints relating to poor practice and ill treatment of staff have been raised in a collective grievance.
0: In this episode, we'll be speaking to Keita Constant, who is a hospitality worker in Dundee working in the Draffens pub. Keita is involved with both Better Than Zero activism and Unite Hospitality and was one of the organisers who helped to get the issue off the ground. Thanks for agreeing to speak to us, Keita.
1: No worries. I'm glad to be here. And we have Tam Wilson, who coordinates Better Than Zero, which is a campaign supported by the STUC that seeks to empower workers to fight bad bosses and unfair work practices. Better Than Zero has helped countless of precarious workers get better working conditions by collective organizing and arming workers with the right tools to combat exploitative working conditions in Scotland. Hi, Tam.
0: Happy to be here. Hi. And last but not least, we are joined by Brian Simpson, who works for Unite the Union, heading up Unite Hospitality that has seen some massive wins for workers over the years. Many of our listeners will no doubt have heard of Brian through his work with Unite Hospitality or may recognise him from protests around Glasgow and the Central Belt. Um, Thanks for joining us, Brian. That's quite an introduction. Thanks for having us.
2: Okay,
1: let's get into it.
0: So just to jump right in, Keita, I was wanting to speak to you first, just because I know that you currently work in hospitality in Dundee and have become more involved with unions over the past year through Better Than Zero and Unite Hospitality. But I'm interested to know a little bit more about your journey from starting in hospitality to your current involvement and the ongoing Big Mary dispute. So can you take us back to how you got involved with activism in the first place?
3: Yeah, so I have worked in hospitality for three years and um, for a lot of that time um, continued to have terrible experiences and just kind of said, well, that's just how it is. (laughs) And a lot of people sort of have that viewpoint on it. And then I guess lockdown kind of put things in perspective because obviously it was a very isolated time, but I actually realized that I was in a much healthier place. And then I was like... Maybe this industry is actually pretty terrible for you. Um, and then some of, and then I sort of realized with my own interest in living rent, particularly living rent tenants union, uh, which is where sort of my activism started. I realized that a lot of these issues are down to the way you're treated as a worker, and not just how it is, uh, which is usually sort of the narrative. So it was initially some living rent stuff, and then I got involved with Workers' Reunion and Better Than Zero in trying to organize other hospitality workplaces as well as retail workplaces. Over Christmas, we had a massive outbreak, and then I started talking to people about the issues in the company that had been going on for a really long time, and I was like, no, actually, we could do something here.
1: Yeah, it must be really empowering to go from feeling so exploited, and being treated so poorly in a workplace to actually organising staff and making sure that everyone else knows their rights at work as well. For those of us that don't know much on the situation at McMary, can you give us a brief rundown on what initially caused you to start the grievance? Yeah, sure.
3: Uh, I I was working over Christmas. I think it was almost Christmas Eve and multiple people in my building had COVID, And I had only just found out about it and, and it wasn't only in my building. It was in loads of the buildings in Dundee. There were just massive COVID outbreaks that no one knew about. And someone had, from my workplace, someone had gone home that very day with a positive lateral flow that they'd they'd taken at work. And it was just, everyone was really stressed and anxious about it. And when I went to a manager about it and kind of said like, people aren't feeling comfortable coming to work, like we should really be doing something about this they just kind of said something to the tune of this is how hospitality is now if you don't like it you shouldn't be in the industry you <laughs> know and, and that's just like i made me really sad to be honest and and then yeah just talking to other people i i realized a lot about the pay stuff and i hadn't got my holiday pay and i was just like Yeah. So initially it was, it was the COVID stuff. I I messaged the workers reunion chat and I said, ah, my workplace is a shite hole. (laughs) And and since then, and then then, um, Brian came on board. and, And since then we've just been, you know, gathering experiences from other people, gathering information and taking it forward. So.
2: I should say uh, that we're going to get that message framed because it's such an important message. That first message on Christmas Eve, my work is a shithole. Tam and I are going to invest in a nice frame and we're going to get that framed as the beginning of the McMurray, successful McMurray dispute. As Keita says, it was really led by a handful of people to begin with, with that experience that they had through Better Than Zero and through uh, the workers reunion group of how to build confidence, really. But I first got involved on the 23rd of december i wasn't expecting a christmas because that's the way hospitality is usually i'll take a week off in like january so it was quite exciting to get so many workers involved so quickly. I think we grew from four members to 40 members in five days, you know, which was 45% of the workforce. So it really quickly became a focus of a lot of our resources and attention. But really, it didn't involve a lot from me because Keita and Cherry, who hopefully we'll speak to at some point, they led it from the start from Dundee. Uh, We had leaders in Glasgow as well. Within a week, maybe 10 days, Keita, I would say that we had leaders in every single one of the 13 venues which is I, i've never experienced before in 10 years of organizing hospitality workers it's very unusual that you would get a, 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 s- such a chain of um, venues with leaders in each of them that are all taking responsibility so really it, as an organizer it was a, it was a total pleasure to 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 represent and organize from the start because i didn't need to do much confidence building
1: it just shows that the courage of a handful of people, if they come forward, then it snowballs. To go from four to 40 members is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you should be absolutely so proud of yourself for doing that. Just to go slightly deeper into the campaign, what were the key demands that the workers had? And what's the response been from the bosses at the top?
2: So, the, I mean... I should say it's also the most comprehensive grievance that I've ever um, dealt with. As you said earlier, 65 separate complaints. We broke that up into three kind of subgenres, genres uh, which is COVID and health and safety, uh, bullying and victimisation, within that a really serious uh, set of allegations around sexual harassment. Contractual issues, so basically holiday pay, sick pay, not getting their wages, basic legal breaches. One of the most shocking examples was uh, they were taking 20, 30 quid from some workers for pension uh, contributions that were not going into a pension pot. There was people who did not even have a nest pension account set up, but it had 300 quid taken from them in pensions. So it was probably the most comprehensive, serious legal um, grievance that I've, that I've ever dealt with. Um, and I think that agitated so many workers uh, into action.
0: I think a, a lot of the stuff that you that you both touched on there, a lot of the demands that you mentioned, I'm sure will resonate with hospitality workers across the country. Like just, I think it really kind of, paints a picture of the the sector in, in, in general with low pay, the issues with con- contracts, not, holiday, not getting holiday pay, obviously the health and safety around COVID, all of these issues I feel hospitality workers across the board will be able to relate to. And I think the fact that you were able to get 13 leaders from the 13 different... Workplaces in such a short space of time is testament to the fact that workers are fed up of being treated unfairly. I want to just speak to Tam just to see if if some of the issues that, are, that Brian and, and Keita discussed there are are these the types of issues that are coming up um, in the kind of Better Than Zero network as well in the workers that you're speaking with, Tam.
4: I think a lot of the a lot of the things that, that uh, have come through with this case have, have have resonated with a lot of the stuff that we've heard over the course of the last couple of years. But I also think that this case in particular has given a bit of confidence to some people who are experiencing similar issues in their workplace to then begin to think about how they might want to challenge it themselves. Like right off the back of us us and Unite Hospitality posting stuff on, on social media about this case, we've had messages come in saying, wait a minute, these things happen in my workplace as well. Does this mean that I can challenge it? Does this mean that I can do something about it too? But I think there is a real feeling within precarious work Uh, Not just hospitality, but the way that people are treated in retail, the way that people are being treated in call centres and different workplaces where uh, they aren't necessarily on the most secure contracts. That there is a a growing appetite to acknowledge that these issues aren't just part and parcel of the jobs that they're in and they are something that they can work together to challenge on. I suppose our job is just um, translating those individual concerns into collective concerns that they can then move forward with, and I think the the MacMerry case is a perfect example of the power of doing that collectively rather than just thinking of yourself as an individual worker.
0: Yeah, I think you make a really good point there about other people having not contacted you since. And I think that that speaks to the, you know, the power of collective action. And when workers actually come together, it, it certainly can inspire other people to do the same. So I don't think that your work is just important for you and your colleagues, Kita, but it's definitely had a wider impact as well, which is really amazing to see. Are things changing for the hospitality sector in Scotland? Do you think they're moving in a more positive direction um, in general?
2: Yeah, uh, I really do. If you look at 2017, when we, or if you look at you know pre better than zero 2015 versus now, there's drastic differences. Apart from the fact that we've now got almost 5,000 hospitality workers in a union in Scotland, I, you know, can only talk to Unite's membership was three or four hundred back then. So we've multiplied by 10. But just in terms of like what that means for workers on the ground, Better Than Zero and Unite Hospitality and other unions and other campaign groups have managed to completely change the tide on the perspective that people have of hospitality workers. That's changing. We're changing the perception of hospitality workers to the general public, but also changing, absolutely changing, the public's perception of bad employers but it's much more exciting to see how workers and hospitality have become empowered by it the mcmary dispute is the culmination of the building of confidence that we've had over four or five years and and from my perspective it's only going to get better and it's only going to get easier to organize because these workers have got the balls they've always had the balls but they've now got the confidence and the examples to speak to to actually give them a bit of realisation that they can do it.
3: Yeah, so I, I just, I honestly did not expect what happened to happen. I didn't know how big we'd go. I didn't know that we'd gain so much publicity. And it was really great. Like when that happened, I was just like amazed. And yeah, I guess the only thing I'm hoping for is that it really does set an example. Like there's this thing that happens in hospitality where people realise that they have a terrible job and instead of trying to fix the problems, they move to another terrible job and then someone new takes their old terrible job and then, you know, employers will get away with horrible, horrible things, illegal things just because the, it's so fluid.
0: So in terms of where we're at with the, with the dispute, obviously it's ongoing now. And I know Brian, you just mentioned that that you recently had a meeting between the the people at McMurray, um and Uh, workers. Where are we at the moment in this dispute? On Wednesday the 19th we had a
2: mass collective grievance with the directors of McMerry and Abandoned Ship, where we had our leaders from every single one of the venues represented and making their voice perfectly loud and clear. They each knew exactly what they were going to contribute on. Each of them picked five or six issues that they could speak to, not only from their own venue, but in different venues. So they'd all spoke. We had pre-meeting after pre-meeting to to prepare for it. Fast forward a week, we've just been sent the review of their um, paying conditions across the organization. So in an email with his lawyers, He has sent, this is the main director, Phil Donaldson, has sent to us by way of review that we asked for, um, just a list of legislation, right? So obviously we responded and said, this is completely laughable. We have told you that you have broken these laws. We want you to rectify it. That's the first demand in the grievance. Um, So he eventually responded late last night, basically telling us that he's carried out a full... Uh, independent review. He's appointed an independent adjudicator to look at the sexual harassment claims, the sexual assault claims. That cannot be dealt by directors who were completely directly involved in the sexual harassment and sexual assault cover-up. So they've done the right thing in so far as that they've they've ticked the first box. But that is the first box out of twelve. We had twelve demands in that in that grievance. The second is that all wages and holiday pay and, and sick pay is paid. Uh, most people have, have received at least something towards what they were entitled to, but we're still challenging that. Employers like to paint unions as kind of the radical, um, you know, we, we make a mountain out of a molehill and, and, and we represent workers illegitimately and we're always pushing workers into action that they don't want to take. So when you're on a meeting like that and your members are more militant than you are and they go in and they say no we're not compromising on this, not because we're not reasonable but because we have given you months to fix this and it's sexual assault, we're not going to compromise on sexual assault. It took him five days to suspend the person who we know has sexually assaulted people. I mean, this is how bad the situation is. He, he was claiming that he couldn't suspend someone over the weekend and had to wait till the Monday to suspend them, during which time this guy continues to be a threat to women in those venues.
1: I feel like you guys are perfect for this podcast because it's called Mon The Workers and this is just the best story to have of collective organizing and everyone coming together and so with my role in the stuc i'm involved with unions into schools and we go into high schools and deliver sessions on rights at work to pupils there and the advice we always give to them is when you start employment make sure that you get a contract and you have a pay slip because it seems so simple but especially in workplaces where youngsters will go in, for example, hospitality, it's not that frequent, it seems. (laughs) So what advice would you have for hospitality workers in Scotland who may be struggling with being treated badly, with poor working conditions and with similar issues that you've had?
4: I mean, the first instance for every worker is for them to to join the the union that's relevant to the workplace that they're in. So if that's hospitality, that would be Unite Hospitality, most retail places would be ASDA. There's a uh, there's a link on the, the TUC website that normally links you up with what uh, union would be relevant to the workplace that you're in. But I would also encourage people not to view that union as uh, an individual safety net, but to see that as the vehicle to collectively um, move forward to either address any concerns that you have in the in the workplace or to make sure that you feel that you're being recognized and rewarded for the work that it is that you're doing. So obviously this, this case at McMurray is, has is, is, is blown up somewhat understandably because of the things that have been brought to, brought to um, the attention of, well, the workers involved, the, the, the unions, and then the media. I think what has happened with this case is is also highlighted that the companies that present themselves as the the ethical capitalists, you know, the people who are doing the the good side of work, they are still as culpable of, of engaging in these poor work practices. I, I think that it doesn't have to be individual issues that, that be the spark to move forward to collectively pull together with your colleagues and begin to challenge things in your workplace. I think this case has helped us recognize that this is something that happens right across the industry. And it is not a... A moralistic argument against one specific employer but it is in fact something that is embedded deeply within the the industry and related industries and in, in different forms of precarious work and uh, workers are growing more and more confident to realize that they can pull together to to collectively challenge these things so my advice would be join your union but also start speaking to your your fellow employees about what is happening within your workplace. Better Than Zero's advice over the course of the pandemic was to get uh, colleagues that you can trust into a WhatsApp group so you can begin to actually talk about what is that's happening in your workplace. And then, again, do things collectively, pull together letters to management that are seeking answers for, for questions that you have or things that are happening in your workplace. And, of course, you can get in touch with Better Than Zero if you need some support or some confidence in that. And also we have like a range of different training and.
2: Unions are, the movement of trade unions is the greatest vessel for change that we have as working people. There's no doubt about it. So when it comes to hospitality, you know, I'm not just being biased on this. There is there is only one game in town, and that is Unite Hospitality. It's the only bespoke, um, it's not just a campaign, it's the only bespoke organising um, section uh, for hospitality workers. And to be specific, we're meaning bar workers. Hotel workers, restaurant workers, cafe workers, people that work in casinos as well, um, people that work in catering and brewing, as we've seen recently with the Brewdog um, case. So if you work in that sector or that subsector, you should be in Unite Hospitality. The In terms of where to go to find us, we're probably stronger on social media than we are anywhere else. So if you just go to at Fair Hospitality or at Unite Hospitality, um, you'll be able to find us on there just send us a message and that will inevitably get through to myself or Keita or whoever's on the other side of that line.
1: Well we could really talk about this all day but unfortunately we're out of time now so thank you so much Brian, Tam and Keita for being with us, really appreciate it.
0: I want to encourage people listening as well to if if you feel as though you've been inspired by what you've heard today to yeah join a union, get together with your co-workers and then fight back. Um, but also, if you want a bit more of this type of thing, I would encourage you to go on to BBC iPlayer and watch Disclosure's documentary on BrewDog, which touches on a lot of these issues that we've discussed today as well. Uh, yeah, thank you all for coming.
3: <laughs> thank you.
0: Thanks for having us. Cheers.
3: In the
1: next episode, we will be chatting about LGBT History Month, which starts on the 1st of February. See you then.
0: Thanks for listening. This episode was hosted by Karina Lipchot and Ewan McLaren. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at our username at ScottishTUC.